0: is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Jouar.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Jouar, and today is Wednesday, February 27th, 2019. We're still at MWC in Barcelona Mobile World Congress, and I have a couple of guests here on the show for a little mini-group podcast on my left. Super soccer player, yeah. Nicole Scott. Mobile Geeks. <laughs> on
2: my right, super rugby player,
1: Mateo, Tony. Hi, everybody. How's everyone?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Feeling a little tired after the OnePlus party last night, but uh, pretty solid, actually. Yeah, that was
1: a pretty epic thing. I didn't stay for the whole thing. Did it degenerate into shenanigans
2: towards the end? It, 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 it kept going pretty late, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I avoided the second bar and uh, peeled off and went
0: home. That was probably the wisest decision you made in the evening. I also <laughs> decided
1: to go because I had some work to finish. Anyway, lots of fun. But we're not here to talk about fun. We're here to talk about other devices and things we saw. So if you listen to the previous episode that was recorded two days ago uh with michael josh of gadget match we covered a lot of the press conferences and briefings so i want to maybe start with asking you two which thing stood out for you
2: from the launch days i would say from anything from, from anything i mean obviously the foldable phones are the hot topic uh, for me, actually, one of my big revelations of the show is I thought, "Why is Sony still making phones? This is ridiculous. They should just stop." From taking a few already, already um, from taking a few meetings, and then kind of understanding actually what Sony's doing is pretty important in the industry, even though I think their phones should, they should stop. But they should keep making them because it is important.
1: So you can't leave us like that. Now okay. we need to know what you mean by that. <laughs>
2: So, like, when we look at 5G, right, because that's the big thing of the show. Like, honestly, it has nothing to do with consumer tech really yet. Like, the the battery life is ridiculous. The phones are going to be hot. There's literally nowhere to use it that's real. But if you look at the future of broadcast journalism... Right, all, all, all we're, we're we're all pumping through LTE, right? Yeah. And this will change when we go to five G. We'll be able to do real, true live 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 broadcasting. Four K. Four K, really good quality. And what Sony presented actually at their presser, be besides the stupid phones that I think they should stop making, were stupid phones that have a really good ability to handle live broadcast, right? From the fundamental software that Sony's putting in. That like the the color grading and the live capture and like all all of these little things that like tend towards like hey, if if we're gonna really start to use our smartphones as full broadcast tools, which we as mobile I'm mobile geeks, but like all of us as mobile, you know, <laughs> mobile <laughs> yeah, as mobile geeks, <laughs> like you, these are the things that we want in our lives. And yeah, we are prosumer, yeah. but this is this is like we're the we're the thin edge of the wedge for the future, for sure. right? So yeah, I mean, we've
1: basically been doing it. Yeah, adjusted to four G speeds for a while. Yeah, and now we can probably do it full on. And I think it's interesting you bring that up because I think there's another trend that we're seeing is that the the constant rapid evolution of the smartphone camera into a real usable news gathering device. I this is my first year starting with CS where I'm no longer primarily shooting with. A you know mirrorless, or point and shoot, or or DSLR. So I'm actually shooting with my phones. I'm doing all my video on the Pixel Three XL because it has, supports external mics, and I use a little lav mic, and it has great stabilization. I do it at 1080p, and then I do all my sh- almost all my photos with the Mate Twenty Pro, and mostly, believe it or not, in tele mode because you can pull back and get that kind of really cool new depth of field going on it's a little harder to stabilize and it's a little less sensitive to low light but i find that in most settings like the show floor is just fine um takes a bit of color correction but again that's easy to do in the app on the phone like i fire up google photos and i'm good to go so to me i think you're right you're hitting something where i feel like maybe a year or two from now a lot of people are just going to be able to just use a phone for everything
2: yeah, uh, like journalists. Yeah, like journalists. So, I mean, it's a prosumer thing, but at the same time, when you look at everyone else in their 5G phones, nobody's saying anything that I'm interested in. I'm like, oh, great. I can strike into watch Netflix more, like, easier. I can just download it offline when I have a good connection. Right? So, like, there's, like, just tons of stuff that, like, I think the consumer's not ready for this discussion, period. Right. Right? And then, and then pr- presenting us 5G handsets is dumb. So that like, was like really mad. I was like, why is everyone showing me this when it's just going to be like a battery drain and too hot?
0: It seems <laughs> that every presentation announcement this uh, NWC has been peppered with, would you like some, in- some 5G with that? Mm-hmm. There's 5G everywhere. And we've been actually filming all the different 5G logos around the shop floor. And we could have hours and hours of 5G, 5G, 5G. Uh, 5G is exciting for the businesses, for the B2B side of things this year. Uh, It's going to be years before consumers will be impacted. Even us as tech journalists, it's great having 5G, but when will it actually be available to us is the question. And it's unlikely to be another couple of years in my view.
1: At the same time, I'm coming away from MWC much less skeptical about the viability of 5G. Like, you know, we've been kind of like, you know, I used the word propaganda in the previous show. Maybe that's excessive, but we've been kind of like told over and over again that five G's rollout is going to be different, and then it's going to be the devices are going to be better, and the, there's going to be more operators and carriers, and they're going to be, you know, uh, it's just going to be quicker and better and faster, and battery life won't be impacted as much and all that. Now we haven't proven the battery life yet. That's something for us to test. But I'm impressed at the phones, at the devices. Uh, maybe not the hotspots but like there's at least four or five phones on the show floor that have 5g certified phones most of them using qualcomm snapdragon x50 and they look honestly no different than a 4g lt phone i was not expecting that you know qualcomm kept saying well we can make it as good as small as light as thin and and i was like i don't know i'm seeing these things you're showing us these millimeter wave antennas and where are you going to put them in the front of a phone if you want a phone that's bezel listen somehow they're doing it. Now, I'm not sure that all the phones we've seen on the show floor support millimeter, which is the tricky part of 5g. Some of them are probably just sub six, but I know for sure that the galaxy S10 5g, for example, that I did a hands-on with, by would way, check out my video in the show notes is, is got millimeter wave. And I'm like, where the, where did they put the antenna in the front of that thing? It's, it's all screen. It's kind of crazy. So I'm very excited about the fact that it's actually kind of happening that, like it's, this rollout is definitely more operators. It definitely has more devices and they're more polished. And hopefully battery life holds up. I think, you know, for early adopter tech savvy folks, the kind of people listening to the show, I think it's, you know, if they get a 5g in their market early, then they can benefit from it. And maybe us journalists can start benefiting from it. I mean, I'd love to next year at MWC be on a 5g network and do a lot of stuff I'm doing now on a 4g network. So I'm, I'm actually coming out of this show going like, wow, okay, 5G is not that, uh, you know, far off and and convoluted as I expected. I mean, and that's based on my 10 years ago, my experience was 4G, which was really, really crappy with the HTC Thunderbolt on Verizon, okay? And I mean, I'm not blaming HTC or Verizon or Qualcomm for this, but it's just, you know, clearly they learned their lesson, they've done something about it. And then, you know, at the same time, you get Huawei doing 5G, which we obviously don't know much about, but... I think that's interesting to see MediaTek doing sub six five G as well. I visited their booth yesterday. I'm actually
2: very upset that people are saying the word sub sub six. Really? When I want yeah, I'm like please, <laughs> like like yeah please. I was like please just stop. like let's let's get five G out before we start talking about sub six. So like, do you
0: mind explaining what sub six is, just to clarify? Well, I think really? this
1: is the thing we need to have this conversation for people who don't know because I think it's a, it's a I think it's important just to to have that word and distinguish it because sub-6 is basically just LT on steroids.
0: So it's your HSPA plus or 4G? 13.
1: In a way, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, it's not what ATT is calling 5G or whatever they're calling it BS crap. I'm, I'm talking about it is more, it's way more complex than that. But what really, like the millimeter wave technology we're seeing that's been developed specifically for over 6 giga, gigahertz uh, 5G is technology that's going to redefine the way we transmit and receive radio waves for the next 50 to 100 years. This is a major shift. Like we're leaving a block yeah. of time where we're doing digital radio a certain way and we're now pivoting to a new way of doing radio. And so to me, sub-six is that, even though the, the word is terrible, the, the phrase, I mean, that terrible. we need a consumer better consumer approach to this, but yeah. people have to understand that their phones with 5G may or may not do one or the other and may or may not do both. And that there is a big distinction in that, essentially, the sub-6 is just going to give them definitely lower latency, higher bandwidth, better speeds. But it's just basically like cranking the volume to 11 on LTE, right? And, And whereas millimeter could potentially be like, we're talking... Gigabit like, like real gigabits like, like. N-
2: new forms of consumer behavior, new business yeah. models, fundamental changes in our economy. Like right. like like 5G is a fundamentally really But the thing is we don't know we don't have the use cases, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's fine, but don't call it six sub six in the meantime. Uh, I'm
0: I'm actually <laughs> quite worried about this. I mean, I like
1: that
2: you're mad about it. Don't like it. I'm
0: I'm quite worried about this because we've, at MWC, we've been convinced that 5G is coming. Uh, They've told us Mm -hmm. about this. The problem is the infrastructure behind that. So 5G is the technology we have from the antennas speaking to devices, speaking to other devices, to other antennas. The issue will be the infrastructure, getting that backhaul, those Mm -hmm. fiber optic cables to the antennas themselves. Mm -hmm. It's all very well having 5G, but you need to have some pipes to pump that data to and from. And a lot of countries, a lot of uh, private corporations have not invested in that backhaul. We're coming to the point where, for example, in the UK, it's becoming really creaky. They need to invest more in the backhaul to get the data there. You can have perfect 4G reception, but only, say, five, six meg download because we don't have the backhaul to serve the amount of demand there already is. Are those corporations, are those governments going to invest in the backhaul to get the data there? That's the big question.
1: It's a really huge question and I think that a lot of markets is going to be matter and it's going to basically make millimeter wave null and void in the sense of the benefits you get. It's just going to be there for the peoples to see their 5G logo on their phone yeah. at that point. Or, And or I think that's what we're seeing in the US like at least I'm looking at it from my markets perspective or but Verizon, an AT&T mm. are millimeter and I think it's kind of like we're yeah, not going to see... It's G- fake.
2: I mean, I feel I feel like it's fake.
1: No, it's real, but it's it's not the kind of speeds we're gonna expect yeah. from this technology. But we have to start somewhere. So I don't know. It's, a, it's just tough. Like I feel that I've talked to a lot of operators about this, and they've been planning even before, like five years ago, when four G was being rolled out in, in larger chunks of the of the real estate of the uh, the areas that they cover. They were inv- they were already thinking of backhaul. So some of them are really are really ahead on backhaul and the the thing is right now LTE is kind of constraining the ability for multi-user to use that super fat backhaul so now 5g is going to enable that so we actually might see some immediate benefits because that's the other thing a lot of the operators who are adding 5g support to their networks are not adding an entire new cell tower infrastructure like um, even if they're recycling the tower they're not adding a lot of new equipment they're just adding antennas and amplifiers because the actual racks of equipment were five years ago designed to be upgradable to 5g so the rollout that's another reason we're seeing so much rollout it's actually a lot easier to roll out in some ways so i don't know i think it's going to be it's really going to be market specific city country county province you know whatever region specific as to what the performance is of 5G, and I don't expect it to be initially that great, but I feel that it's here, It's the devices are here, now of course the use cases, right? And and we don't know, like when we did LT, we didn't know there was going to be Airbnb, Uber, and, yeah. and Lime scooters, and whatever, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm not convinced myself that we're going to see all this stuff happen with 5G, like new stuff happen that quickly with 5G. I'm more seeing like like boosted, mega quick versions of what we have. Like, and the journalism use case, for sure, Mm -hmm. we'll take advantage of that. And I think the reason I'm seeing that is because a lot of the real innovation is not going to happen at the consumer level. I think it's going to happen at V2V, like vehicle-to-vehicle. It's going to happen in um, factory floors. It's going to happen in areas that Industry
2: for our mission critical stuff, right? Rural, rural rural outlays like, like places where you don't want to put in fiber. Like, I feel like five G is the is the base infrastructure for how our world becomes connected. I mean, like it's a it's it's so fundamentally massive and important that we can't even wrap our little brains around like what we could create from it. We're just like a smart toaster, right? Is like what (laughs) we're basically seeing
1: right now. So I think that's totally it, and I think that for consumers, that's why I'm not seeing a big paradigm shift in the applications on our phones i'm just seeing basically like downloading faster uploading faster streaming faster higher quality content in both directions creating and 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 consuming i'm seeing like um some super low latency applications come out that right now are cumbersome with 4g yeah and that's i think um some of the differences we're going to see and I think, I think for that it's going to matter I think it's going to matter for other things like right now when you you know unlock a live scooter sometimes you have to wait a little bit before it unlocks it's that kind of stuff the latency thing is not going to affect us in the way that I
0: think people think but who knows we'll see um, that shouldn't um, allow developers to become lazy though no developers should carry on trying to optimize their sites for efficiency it's just the, the big risk is that this technology lets them get a bit lazy, lazy.
1: <laughs> and you speak as a developer
0: so you well as a tester
1: as a tester <laughs> yeah so uh anyway let's talk back to what so for you it was 5g has been a thing
2: yeah five, sony
1: we started with sony
2: it, 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 did just did
1: we devolve into
2: just because i i started with sony and the, the 5G application because I, I feel like they're the only ones who really nailed the consumer right. angle on this that has meaningful value so what does that like, mean in terms
1: of device features because one of the problems that I know so, what Sony's done on paper I still haven't seen the device hmm. so the Xperia 1 yeah. is a 21 by 9 4K displayed yeah. triple cameraed monster beast of a snapdragon yeah. is it 5G then? I don't think it is. That's the thing that's funny.
2: Yeah, but, but they, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. But yeah, you're right. But what they're talking about. The applications and so it's like so like Sony doesn't make good devices, right? Anymore. I, from the biggest phones? Yeah, but their software is worse than uh, like Meizu. Like Meizu does a better job implementing no, I'm their cameras. talking
1: about the camera, real oh, real camera. camera. Oh yeah, yeah, real, yeah, oh
2: yeah. I have an A sixty three hundred. Yeah, I love their mirrorless. Sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So their ca- the cameras, camera. not, good Just <laughs> not good phones. Just not good phones. Just not good phones. Great headphones. Oh my god! Am I going to be my new dog? Great love oh, Yeah, are to- my yeah yeah. To- Totally love, but so with okay. but, but the phone, like you're holding it, it's long. You're trying to figure out like why, 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 and like even though Sony has this content play with their with their whole media library with their with their games, and so you see that it's like a vehicle for a lot of their content, but then in their presence, because I just happened to be walking by when it was going on, and I didn't, um, I didn't on purpose, Stumble stumbled, stumbled on the I st- Sony I stumbled press stumbled conference upon-
1: at 8.30 in the morning? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, I wasn't at the Sony conference, honestly, because I didn't all want to be awake this early after working a lot at night before. The fact that you were still
2: there and you didn't go means you really stumbled, didn't care. Really- you stumbled on their press conference. Yeah, because I was I was uh I was on my way to, to, to my HoloLens 2 ah. meeting. Which was like, yes, yes. So, yes. can we talk about? HoloLens, oh dude? my god, do you want to talk about? No. No. Sure, I have exactly. touching myself. I have so many feelings. <laughs> do not press conference. <laughs> I don't even know anything about it. Oh my gosh, let me tell you all about the HoloLens. Go ahead, too. No. right? No. All right, so it's lighter, right? Obviously, they scanned all the heads in the entire world, it sounded like from the press conference to make sure that it that's was the creepy. most yeah, it's creepy. It's creepy. Um, so, they've also doubled the resolution, right, or, and, and kept the field of, of view, it's still not great with the field of view, it's, it's, wider. Bit, it's wider, not like, oh, this is amazing, but it's, it's much better, uh, the interaction is far superior, this is what we've actually been waiting for, so you remember on the HoloLens one, you have to like flick your head. You're like, look, you know, to the right. You're like, looks some kind of like, like having t- tiny seizures with your face, like flicking right, left, right, left, right? And it was sort of natural, I guess. Like, but, you, you know, it's so dorky. Th- and now they have iris tracking. Oh. So when you're looking at a display, it, it will naturally scroll. If you look at text for a little while longer, I, I guess, stare at it really hard, maybe. I don't know. It's, I didn't get to try that part, but it'll highlight it and you can move it around. Right. So that's great. It has 10-point digit tracking, right? And it will actually adjust the digit points to the size of your hands. So you have bigger hands, you have smaller hands. The digit like ratio will like accommodate it fixes it. Yeah, it fixes it. So you can play the piano. Right. Because wow. if, if it was one size fits all, you wouldn't be able to do such, you know, fine, stuff. Dexter stuff. So that's cool. It's got the ten-point multi-touch, great. But the the coolest thing is actually the least consumer thing <laughs> and it's i think it's called like a 365 resolution but basically it's the azure cloud providing all the back end rendering right yeah. so they're taking advantage of the higher resolution and the cloud infrastructure to create a higher quality um this artifacts with, with, within our virtual world. Um, awesome. they they showed some really cool stuff where they found that people interacted differently depending on the virtual size of things. So they have a slider, right? And so you could hear it like 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 a zipper. Right. Does it and
1: vibrate your head? It
2: doesn't, but but I it, want that. But hearing the sound, it's it, it felt it, it felt like real. in the air she was she was doing it. Like it it, it felt like she was like Right. And then they had bigger buttons and smaller buttons, and the bigger button you like push with more like weight, and the smaller buttons you'd push like with one finger, right? So your whole hand. So like they really played around with like how you really interact with the world, and I think the the ten point interaction is a big part of that. So the price is less than the old one. I think it's three thousand five hundred. What was the old one? And I think they said it was five.
1: Whoa!
2: Yeah. So. Definitely not a consumer product still. It's
1: so, yeah, so really B2B. Are they still gearing
2: in the same so, enterprise? So strong B2B. Verticals, yeah. B2B. Okay. So they, the, the, the one the easiest application for people to understand because they had a whole bunch of stuff on stage and I was like, I feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then the construction lady came out and was like, we made a helmet with hololens built in and I was like, oh. ah.
0: Ah. <laughs> this has been the dream. Then, the uh, <laughs> because of the Lego movie at exactly. that point. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: so so that, That's been the dream in the industry for years, I, um, I remember Paul O'Brien. He was working with Google Glass and construction helmets for quite a while. It's very interesting to to see that happen. But it's good to hear that they've got, they've not only presented HoloLens, they've got some practical applications because the first generation was still a, we've got HoloLens, let's see what you can do. It was a developer thing. It was going out to developers to say, we've got this tooling, see what products you can make. Whereas here they're actually coming to us with the tooling and a a problem that can be solved. So, in germ- Did they talk about the
1: hardware? Is there? Is it Intel still, or is it now ARM-based? I don't remember. Because I thought the original was Intel-based. It was it, was, it was, it was. But I'm sure this is ARM-based. Because ARM, based ARM <laughs> rules the world. It's taking over, yeah. yeah it's got definitely to. Be. Do. Because I, I hate to say this, but I don't think Intel has a leg right to stand on it. Yeah. They sold their ARM business back in the early 2000s. At, at the time, yeah. I wasn't even a tech journalist. And I was like, "That you are so effed. And people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, because ARM will rule the world. And I could see it. And this is like 20
2: years ago. So, the most exciting part of the press conference, I like almost peed my pants for 20 seconds. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It was when the CEO of Epic Games came out. And I was like, Fortnite for Hollands, Fortnite for oh my God, Forever Fortnite <laughs> So what happened? He just said, we're, we're porting Unreal Engine over and we're not here to discuss any specific game titles. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like well,
0: <laughs> but, if it's like, an engine, it opens up the doors. I'm Unreal up the door. doesn't
1: already exist on HoloLens. I mean, that's the first thing you'd put on HoloLens. It's true. It's really true. Because it doesn't exist on... Uh,
2: magically. A, magically. Oh. Yes, but has anyone
0: it. actually used Magic 3D? Yeah. have, oh, okay. and it's yeah, really have. impressive.
2: I had one, but it, I couldn't I, I couldn't integrate it to my like day-to-day workflow, so it, the drivers kept on screwing up, so I ended up plugging <laughs> you're
1: it. No, I'm not talking about the... the maybe the I'm new not work, using it yeah, yeah. right. What is it? The the one. The, the oh, the goggles one. Yeah. one with Manic the loop attached to it. Sorry, what sorry, is sorry. It? Yeah, yeah. I know. So the
0: one with the disk command that you yeah, the disk also. No, you get the disk
1: one on your... You're thinking of the gesture thing. I'm talking about the AR goggles that make you look like Googly. Yes, yes, yes. Um, is it it's called Magic Leap? Am I Yeah,
0: wrong? That's, the, that's the Magic Leap, yeah. Right. Leap is the sort of interaction. Right, for your sorry, my so bad. Magic
1: Leap, I've used it, and it kind of blew me away. I, I have a friend who's developer who has one that lent, lent it to me for a week, and I was just like, whoa. But the field of view is much wider than HoloLens, mm-hmm. that's the thing that blew me away, and the tracking is like, literally, you can put a fi- virtual object right here, and you can literally run around the room five times, come back, and it's exactly where you're left. It's insanely good at tracking. Uh, I don't know how. Uh, probably millions of sensors. It's expensive. It, do they talk about any... I mean, obviously, there's uh, there's eye-tracking now. But did yeah. They didn't talk about any of the sensors, like, have they, are they using more, are they using less? Because, you know, as technology and processing improves, we can do more with less sensors, which is why Tesla don't have LiDAR, for example, which I know is very controversial. Thanks. So those of you who are gonna yell right now, I'm looking at the microphone like as me. if my audience is inside of it, uh, don't yell because either Tesla user, I believe you don't need LiDAR. I don't think. I think it's possible. It's just more, it's like computational photography, just throw more compute power at the problem.
2: Tesla is excellent software, that's, you cannot get around
1: that. I mean, every time I drive another car now, even a I end one, I'm like, yep, fit and finish, oh, materials, oh, design, oh, man, like, I cannot, I touch the touch screen for five seconds, and I'm like, you suck.
0: (laughs) So, sorry, just going back to HoloLens, important question. Mm. Did they demo Excel running in the new Hololens? Because that was no, one of the highlights. No, they of the did first not evaluation. demo
2: Excel running in the Hololens. They demoed a web page that you could just look at.
1: How many times did they mention the word Azure?
2: Oh, <laughs> so many that it's hard to understand. Because you know Microsoft,
0: I think they should rebrand themselves Azure. And, and I, I'm sure they should take you on as a consultant, because you're, you're from the cost cuts. Azure,
1: you're <laughs> listening. I could use a gig doing that. Uh, no, I think uh, it's interesting because you know there's a huge. I mean, I love Microsoft. Yeah. I love what they're doing. Me too. I've always loved Microsoft for the last. Well, I would say that especially since Ballmer left and Satya Nadella's been at the helm. Yeah. But I think that even a few years before that, see, I, they started. I started getting. They started getting on my good graces. I think you know with Windows 10, with Windows Phone for the little while it existed, their attempt at doing something. I loved it, etc. And I feel like. You know, as a developer, Microsoft is, is makes the best tools. I still think that's true universally. university. I know the Linux folks are not inside the microphone. I'm mad at me. But I love Linux. But the, the tools, I'm sorry, you can't touch Microsoft tools. I, I've
0: been won over by Microsoft since 2015. I was speaking at a conference called DroidCon Dubai, yeah. which was sponsored by Microsoft. And for the first time, I saw Microsoft engineers on stage developing Android apps mm-hmm. using Macs. Googling Stack Overflow solutions on Chrome. And I said, this is a different Microsoft. What's going on? And it turned out they were mainly trying to sell Azure to power apps. They weren't trying to force everyone to use everything Microsoft. They have come up with the the concept that their products and services can enable any products and services on any platform. And that's a a culture change. I mean, to me, I feel like
1: they're doing what IBM yeah. did when they went from mainframes and hardware that was expensive to pivoting to a cloud software as a service. Except for more successfully, but more successfully, <laughs> and, and I feel that you know Microsoft's doing that kind of weird transition. And at the same time, you know, look at Amazon. AWS e- runs the world. Azure runs the other half of the world. And that's, that's where their business model is. It's not Windows, it's not Office. Those things are nice, and they make great Android versions and iOS versions of these, some of these products. And I like them, but I feel like, I love also, we have two, just so you guys don't know, because you're not here with us, but there are two Surface devices on the table right now. I'm the max standout here. <laughs>
2: uh, and uh, so I love their Surface products. Everybody. I love their Surface products. And so I love- Four products. years loyal. Four, yeah. years oh. yeah, wow. four years loyal. Yeah, four years loyal. It's a long time a long time. So uh, Actually, you haven't
1: you, been one over by Huawei yet. Do you, you want
2: to know, know why I'm four warranty. years loyal, though? Because if you pay $200 for the extra two-year warranty at the end, they'll give you a new device. No, oh, good. No questions asked, like Apple used to. Oh,
0: wow. Right? Oh, wow. So this that's is it. so th- this is a
2: two-year-old Surface. It's about to die. Yeah, it's time for me to get a new one now. But, like, that's just because I'm a tech enthusiast and I'm like ah, I've new. seen
1: what you do to devices yeah no. yeah
2: like the bottom of this one is missing some stuff. it's you embarrassing you throw stuff around it's embarrassing let's, let's just put this away <laughs> but um, it was four years on one purchase so for for me Microsoft is doing the thing that Apple did initially to get people really loyal with their after after sales because they still have lower volumes than Apple now Apple has high volumes they don't treat you so nice in the stores for more right here
1: so no they don't it's, mm. it's harder I mean I think I wanna I wanna touch on something though. Matebook X Pro, new version, launched at MWC, which is weird because I think last year they launched I don't don't think they launched at MWC. for Europe maybe, but we we got it in the US before that somehow. Anyway, maybe it's just because the briefing happened before I I I didn't put it (laughs) together last year that it was an announcement at MWC. The point is, have you tried them? Yeah.
2: They're making a great laptop. It's just I feel it's really fast.
0: It's a company that's in their third year making laptops, and they've got a winner. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing it's device. The only thing I'd say is if you work from home and you have your legs up on the sofa and you're trying to play the Xbox whilst working from home, remember to have that webcam closed because they'll see the Xbox controller in video calls.
2: <laughs> 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 it's just the, the,
1: the point of view. This happened to you, didn't it? <laughs> Maybe. Not,
0: not yet, because I don't have a MateBook X Pro. I'm... When I get back to Edinburgh, I will have a review unit, and I'll be able to to test that in real life.
1: Um, spoiler alert: I have a review unit. It's new in the box. I haven't unsealed it. It's coming with me to uh, to you know home to get unboxed soon on my YouTube channel. Um, so okay, so we talked about Sony. That so. What's interesting to me about their phones? I agree that I don't like. I mean, I like the design of their phones, the squarishness back in the day. Mm-hmm. That seems to have fallen off a bit yeah. now. There's what bothers me. There's two things that bother me about Sony phones: is that they always put their like they make the sensors of the cameras for almost every other phone, and they're phenomenal. That yes. new forty-eight megapixel sensor yes. that's on the Honor View Twenty and and the ZG phone and, and the, the Xiaomi and one and the Xiaomi and and the what is it the, the the new vivo that's super cheap the v15 pro or whatever mm-hmm. and all of them have that sensor and it's a really good sensor with the right software it shines it's like sony somehow never puts ois on their phones even though mm-hmm. they make sensors with OIS and lenses yeah. with ois then they somehow like always I'm, and so i'm wondering i haven't again i haven't seen the phone yet i'm going to go right after this uh but it's like did they is is the camera system on this phone like Nice on paper and is it gonna suck in real life like all Sony phones or what?
2: Because I I played around with it a little bit and like yeah, it's it's a great it's a great camera, but it's shy of well, two thousand you know, they're trying to
1: protect their camera business, the dedicated camera. Yeah, business.
2: I know, but then like just stop.
1: Just I know, stop. just stop, but we've been seeing that for years. Because yeah. they can both coexist. Like You can benefit from technology you make for your dedicated cameras on the phones and benefit from tons of computational technology on your phones on the big camera i love how leica is embracing this stuff the most traditional hardcore like you know like we all we make you know we make handmade lenses they're like yeah computational photography for the win let's go right so i find that very interesting uh the other thing uh, about that sony phone that i think is interesting something i Been asking for for a while that finally has happened is a 21 to 9 aspect ratio now their implementation is probably wrong because it's a 4k display it's massive it probably kills the whole the whole idea I had which is make a phone like the pixel 3 or 3xl and make it narrower to get a 21 and get a 21 by 9 aspect ratio display so it's easier to hold even though it's tall you know, maybe the bottom half, you can use your thumb to access. And maybe we can have like, you know how on the iPhone, you have a double tap on the home button and yeah. it brings whatever, it, everything it, down. it brings yeah. everything down. We could have an optimization for Android like that, where we could have really large screen phones that are solidly in our hands, maximizing, minimizing bezel and maximizing height versus width. And so, of course they're doing that on the mid-range phones they announced, Xperia 10, which are much smaller. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel that on the one, it was just like, because we can make it a 4K display too, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's definitely a factor, the 4K is being able to say we're the first to have a 4K display. No, it's home. not the first 4K display they've done. It, not so, not that they've done, but they've put in a phone that's going to commercially be sold. No, no,
1: they sold the commercially available. Was it the uh, Z5 Max or was Mega or Super or whatever? Which, yeah. which
0: markets was that on sale in, though? Uh, so you know, I have a feeling US, this, these...
1: It was a massive phone, and it had a 4K... IPS panel back. In the
2: days. Yeah, I I do remember that one, but it's true. Maybe like limited okay. run or it, it was like, like Snapdragon
1: 800 yeah. or something days. Like we're talking about barely could be driven by the hardware that could drive Yeah,
2: it and but. and 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 it was very much, hey, we have 4K content. Look, we have 4K devices. Correct. Like it was like it's yeah. like they're like they're still just releasing features just to support their verticals. And like that's still what the Sony phones feel like today. You
0: know, it's, yeah. uh, my, my worry, um, this is very personal about the 21 to nine aspect ratio screens is if we're doing that, they're going to kill the skinny jeans market because I, I would break my ribs if I put it in my pocket and sat down.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. I, I'm not saying it's going to stick. I'm just saying for me, when I look at my phones, the biggest concern, and that's why I love the May 20 Pro so much is that it's narrower than most other phones, even though it has a huge screen and a huge real estate. I want I want slightly narrower but still big phones. I don't like so I was like ah oh, twenty one to a nine of course like you've already gone all the way almost to twenty point five to nine on some of these displays. I just take it one up one out. Use a standard twenty one nine is a standard in the world. So let's do it.
2: I just find them a little bit long. Like I lost my Note Nine because it fell out of my pocket because it wouldn't fit. It's too long. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, that's yeah. a problem for sure. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, Nubia had. A press conference that I had to skip because something else came up. But I don't think I missed much. I went to the stand just now before this podcast and I played with the Nubia Alpha. And I love that they're insisting on calling this a phone because it has here are the specs Snapdragon Wear 2100. Ugh, and one gig of RAM. Ugh. And eight gigs of storage. Um, and a 5-megapixel camera. Now, for a watch, that's cool. I don't call it a phone. as also has an eSIM and LTE and stuff.
2: So my my take on this is I think that it's very nice of Nubia to present what a 5G phone will really look like in the future. Do you right. think this is one of five G form? I think I generation? think I think I think that this type of form like factor this type of wearable form factor is where we're gonna see five G devices go because we don't need the RAM, we don't need the processing, because everything's uh, gonna be happening in the cloud. I see. Right? Just so dumb like dumb terminal style. Right, just dumb terminal style, right? Like I, th- I think I think this is ten years out. Oh for sure. <laughs> you know what but
1: actually I mean twenty one hundred <laughs> is is Really, what makes me groan the most about this. And, the, oh, 500 milliamp hour battery. Oh, yeah. 500. Like,
2: Newbie's never been like But the
0: exciting thing, I think, is the screen itself. Oh, they've, absolutely. Uh, they've implemented yeah. this flexible screen on a bracelet yeah. that actually works, and it it is gorgeous. It's, it's gorgeous. It's sexy.
2: Yeah. And,
1: and I wish the design was gorgeous, though, because it's so tacky as F. It's, oh my God, so bad. It looks ugly as sin, in my opinion, the whole thing.
0: I think that might be a cultural thing in Asia, that sort of style, especially the gold one, will...
1: Be- the gold one I get, yeah.
2: I think the black one, though, is just like, ooh like um, this is like man, man, mandatory gone wrong yes. <laughs>
0: also did you manage to use the gesture navigation so it
2: was
1: so bad like I it didn't I had to literally roll my keep rolling my video and hope that eventually I'd get one take that would actually show it and I'll cut all the other takes out because yeah there's gesture control so as a sensor like you know you can swipe in the air above the thing doesn't work very well but I think that's just a software tuning thing I'm sure it'll be fun
2: if Nubia had said, you know, this is a concept, 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 but they're like, this is a real device. And I'm like, are What are they selling it for?
0: Not sure. Oh, so price like, unannounced. Okay. But if you look at the, the the Asian market, if you go to Shenzhen, you can already find very similar devices priced around 400 to $500, depending on what sort right. of radios or chipsets they have. The ones that are, you can currently buy in Shenzhen are powered by MediaTek chipsets and have separate radios. And right,
1: right. No, I mean, look, it's cool. I, I, that's what I think. The, the 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 thing about this product is the flexible display. The fact that it shows yeah. what you say with the future could look like. Yeah. But I was not a problem. A product. It, it almost feels like I. It's funny because it really does almost feel like some kind of shady. You know, Shenzhen company in the corner of one of their malls that you know you just stumble on this thing. You're like, oh yeah, this is the jankiest thing ever. But I hate to say this because this is Nubia, and I have some respect for yeah. them. They made some great phones, and they makes and you know they, And the the Red Magic Mars is nice too.
0: The the Red so, Magic Mars is a solid bit of kit. That's yeah, a good all rounder. And the price is very accessible as well. So it's, it's oh yeah, no, affordable. I have a review
1: it. it's also sold in the US now, believe it or not, mm. which is kind of amazing. Because yeah. the, 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 what is it, the Nubia X or whatever, the, the, the dual display yeah, phone, yeah. is not sold in the US. Yeah. They said they're going to bring the next gen to the US so a year from now or whatever.
0: So is that um, because they have a business model where they're in a way subsidized by the gaming companies that want to sell more games and they have special deals there? I have no idea. Well, it would be interesting to know that because that's going to be bigger and bigger. I mean, they've
1: certainly cut some corners. Like so far, the things that I don't like about my my uh, Red Magic Mars is no NFC, metal back, which you know I'm used. To, I'm so used to like even the, even I honestly think the Pop F One with its plastic back doesn't make any apologies for having a plastic back, but it's a nice plastic back, and it, you yeah. know, and and I'd almost prefer that than a metal back at this point. Um. But it's a, it's a good, for a gaming phone, you know, it's a good look, like it has a gaming phone vibe, it's got the trigger buttons, it's got a get it get game slider, like, you know, OnePlus has the yeah. has a slider for notifications, this one has, like you turn it into Game mode, and it turns off notifications, and it cranks up the clock speed, and, you know, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's cool that they have that on a gaming phone, that's mm-hmm. very good, like, nobody else has done that yet. I have them all right now, I have the, uh, the Asus, and I have the, the Razer, and I have the well the one at least the ones you get in the US I have the red magic. So it's like I compare them, I'm like, why would I spend more on a razor? No. I think I'll just buy I just buy the Red Magic Mars, honestly. If you're if you're looking for a gaming phone and you don't, like the other thing they cut corners on the camera. It's okay, it's fine, it's passable, it's great. It's but it, it, it doesn't as good of a job as you know, like a three hundred dollar phone would. But it's not like at the five hundred dollar level even a OnePlus or yeah. View twenty or anything else like that. So if you don't care about taking too many photos, and you don't care about NFC, I mean, it's not for 845 or 300 and so, It's like the PokéPhone. Honestly, actually, I think the PokéPhone is a better deal. Because even though it's not a gaming gaming phone, the camera's better. It mm. doesn't have NFC either, though.
0: And, and the other the, advantages. We, we need to bear in mind that both the PokéPhone and the Nubia products are not targeted for us. We are the afterthought. Those are devices made for the Chinese market and they've only made a few extra to get better economies of scale in making the devices, they're just shipping them out here to try and make brand the brand recognized. Absolutely. It's not for us. NFC is not for us. Totally
1: um, not.
2: Yeah, because everyone over in Asia is all QR code. So yes. they're
1: like, yeah. QR code, QR, QR code. code. It works. It works. I, again, well, I think it's nice to have the option, especially when you have Google Play services, and it starts making yeah. I mean, I... I on this trip to Spain, which has now been almost two weeks long because I came early and drove around the south of Spain as a kind of a workation, I've paid almost exclusively everywhere, including for like a euro 50 of candy with a top to pay, a Google Pay on my phone. It is insane how I haven't had to worry about cash, which is, hasn't happened like that in previous years in Spain. So I'm like, wow. And so that's why I want it. That's great, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay. After Sony, there was Falcon, we talked about that after, uh, at the last show. Then there was Nubia. Honor had a thing yesterday, but they really didn't announce anything. It was essentially the same spiel we got at CS about the Honor 8X and the View 20 um, and the Fortnite 60 frames per second thing. And... Uh, they did announce that if you buy a View 20, you get a discount coupon. So in Fortnite, you can have a custom outfit. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, and so I think some people are going to be yeah, happy about that. And then there was another thing. I can't remember what it was now, but it, oh, a new color for the 8X, which I think was red, blue, blue. I don't
0: know. For, I so blue was one of the launch colors. I think it's red it's coming red. out, of, it's, it's being sold outside of China. Right. Just the so it wasn't.
1: I mean, there wasn't too much new there. I was hoping that maybe. Oh yeah, nice. I was hoping that maybe they would they would have something uh, because you know Huawei obviously. Let's talk about Huawei. We talked about briefly about the MateBook X Pro, the new laptop. To me, this st- so the star show to me was the Mate X. Uh, absolutely, no doubt about it.
2: Okay, so on my video with 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 Umit, I we we had a, we had we had a big talk about this, and so I think maybe. The reason why everyone loves the Mate X more is simply because Huawei did a better job at introducing it to the press, right? Like, when we, when you get to touch a phone, when you get to have a pre-brief, when you get to have, like, some time with it, you're able to emotionally connect with the device and see it. The Fold is basically nowhere to be found. It's behind glass, and you can't even tell what's going on. Right. Right, and so they're two fundamentally different approaches to foldable phones, right? And I think that structurally, Samsung may have done a better job because they've put the display on the inside, which may, means it's more protected. Since yes. it's plastic, it's going to be scratched.
1: they've done right Well,
2: it. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, but, but the thing is, like, it's a Gen 1 product, right?
1: And the Mate X feels
2: like a Gen 2 product to me. But to me, the fact that they put it around the outside just makes it like, okay, I'm going to spend a lot of money on this and it's going to get screwed up quite quickly.
1: I love the simplicity of it. I love the fact that there's one display. It does three things. Open fully, close, and enclose you get a front that looks just like a normal phone, full screen, and the back, you get a smaller screen, and you can use both displays at the same time to do selfies or whatever. I love that the handheld grip in which I put all the electronics, USB Type-C, and the fact there's only three cameras, not six. You don't need six cameras. Three is good enough. And, and three cameras do everything because you can do selfies. I mean, you're gonna make great selfies because you can take selfies with the main camera. It's design-wise, I feel way better thought out. And I think that, yes, to make that happen, they had to do the screen on the outside when it's closed, but that's also so that it folds flat and it's one centimeters, point one, point one, thick when it's closed. The Samsung's 1.6 because it doesn't fully close. And the list goes on and on and on. Five millimeters when it's on. like The thing is a masterpiece of engineering. And they were smart, they threw the case, because they are aware of the issues. But honestly, I think that all these phones within the first two or three years are going to be a disaster in terms of reliability and longevity. And I'm not talking about the mechanism of the hinge and stuff shows sure to be fine. it's the screen i'm worried about yeah, scratching same, same yeah because i've seen plastic screens they're
2: terrible they're terrible. They're absolutely terrible and the other thing is like you drop the phone light bleeding dead pixels yeah. like all of these things are real concerns for a device that's like eight months out yeah. and, and and a device that's eight months out that doesn't even fold no a device that's <gasps> two months out for the fold well no 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 I'm saying like the plastic displays that I've had on on some phones oh, yeah. after, eight, after months, eight months. After 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 uh, eight months, you start to see these like degradation things. And some I price.
1: actually don't think they're gonna be able to have that perfectly flat thing when it's open after you know a year. You're gonna start seeing ridges yeah. and imperfections and yeah. damage and Which you can
2: already see in the prototypes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but, but do you think, had Samsung allowed us to have no. more of a hands-on with it? No, I think that the Mate X is
1: absolutely, undisputably, technically superior
0: I agree. in every I, way. Okay. Yeah. I was really impressed, more importantly, about how did they get two batteries that size into the device. Because they're the using batteries- nano stuff. They're using their nano stuff, graphene, whatever it is. But those batteries are enormous. That should power the device more than the competition. They have a big competitive advantage then. I'm I'm worried about the plastic screens as well. Okay. We've all lived through the times of our resistive plastic Nokia's oh and my so God. on. We know that that's going to be a disaster. It depends on how good the case is.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> the the, ca- the the fact that they demoed the case on on stage and they demonstrated they'd thought about this product issue is great it depends on, on the execution and how it actually works out with consumers Absolutely. we're uncharted territories here I,
1: I, what I'm excited about with this is that I feel this shows undoubtedly how much ahead Huawei is and everyone else in the phone business today yeah. like that to me is a takeaway from mobile cars we had this whole discussion about 5g that's part mm-hmm. of it yeah. but the other part is that Huawei is absolutely dominating in terms of technology mm-hmm. and in terms of like design, it's a much better looking product. You know, no matter how it's made and how simple it is, I think overall it's a much better product than the Samsung thing. For considering they've been working on like, it for seven years,
2: I'm like, are you serious? Is this is your first gen product? So no, so like I I think that I'm I'm gonna reserve judgment on which one I really think is better until. We can really see how they work right yeah. like oh yeah like software yeah. user
1: experience is, gonna is, is, is it's everything. really going
2: to be and and honestly like durability of the product because yeah. like like right now yeah huawei does have a flashier product right but like, between the devices like honestly samsung just has nailed like productivity and being smart like, yeah, they're not doing things that are sexy and innovative but right like they're making really well thought out useful useful products Right, like I still haven't bonded that emotionally with the Huawei line. <laughs> like, like they make great cameras, I mean, but there's some there's, there's there's just something fundamental that's not businessy enough. I for mean, me. to me, the Mate Twenty Pro is absolutely
1: bar none the best phone today, even after the Galaxy S ten. Mm. Like I feel like they are just dominating. In terms of their ability, like, and if you look where they were a year ago, two years ago, three, it's literally like the, the industry is climbing at this rate and Huawei's climbing at that rate. And I don't know how to explain it. It's like, they're well, throwing a shit ton of money at it, I
0: guess. They, they, have, but yeah. they have for the last 15 years. That's Huawei's business model is R&D, and d and d The products will come from that, but they have that enormous backhaul of R&D. And
1: it's those. it's really impressive to me like my the engineer in me is like kind of blown away by the ascent of huawei mm-hmm. and i am at the point where i even feel their software has radically improved in the last two years i've used every main product at mwc as my main phone nine well eight nine ten and twenty mm-hmm. twenty pro and i'm like They are, they are so like it's such a huge gap in software in quality. Mm -hmm. It's the fastest phone I own by a long shot, and I've had it for three months and it hasn't slowed down. My Pixel Three XL is a dog right now. It's so (laughs) slow, and I've had it just as long. And honestly, the OnePlus is not even quite as fast as my Mate. And my B20 is not running pure Android, it's like some kind of crazy chinese 5 version yeah. that I've skinned because I wanted to get my pureness back. I've got Nova Launcher on there and stuff that you think would slow things down and the thing just runs. The View 20, which is Honor, which is Huawei, is so freaking fast for 500 bucks. And that's what I'm saying, it's like I am blown away by their, their technological might. Now there are many other things they don't do very well. Like I don't like their software even now. Yeah. I don't I mean, but I'm just saying like that's what I see in the mate in the mate X. And I feel like they've like drawn a line in the sand, they're like this is the line you need to achieve to be competitive with us. And Agreed. Samsung is freaking the F out. Right
2: oh, yeah. Now. Samsung's totally freaking out. I mean, I was like, like, meh. Yeah. Like, so I, I wrote, I wrote this article actually based off of Todd's article. The Dutch who's now at CNBC. He wrote, yeah. right, so he, he wrote this article, the three things that Samsung did wrong that they copied from Apple. Right. And so I was like, Todd, this is a fantastic article, but it's missing numbers and like some like more facts, right? So I actually like wrote a comment about his article and the main thing is pricing, right? And like when you look at the numbers for Apple, like when they adjusted their price strategy, we saw like 20 million units lower, right? Now Samsung's copying the same pricing strategy And we're going to see see the same, maybe not the same level of like 20 million, but we're going to see a big, big drop. And then what we're seeing with Chinese handsets happen over the last year is Xiaomi and Oppo are coming up. In a meeting with with Samsung Germany, I said, well, what about these Chinese manufacturers, right? And I I don't mean Huawei, right? I said, what about everyone else, right? The ones that are coming in. And he's like, well, I owned a Xiaomi phone a few years ago, RMA, like returns and dealing with that. They can't do that in Europe because they have the two-year uh, guaranteed warranty, right. right? These Chinese guys won't be able to handle that. And I sat there, and I was like, you arrogant Aha. man.
0: I, they, that's completely wrong. It's I mean, completely I've, wrong. It's, it's completely a, wrong. I've been through the process as a customer. Yeah. They have great service.
2: Fantastic. Fantastic RMA. Like really nailing, and in China, like in Taiwan, the return centers. I go there just to hang out because it's so wonderful, <laughs> right? Like I'm like, oh, it's not broken, but maybe you can clean it for me. Like, yeah, come in, have a coffee. <laughs> Want to buy some home stuff? Oh, maybe, right? <laughs> like like <laughs> value
1: add, value so, add, that's so awesome. right?
2: So, but the thing is, I think Huawei. Like though, I agree with you. Their phones are technically dominating, and they're they they are beautiful, especially the camera. I think that they're edging on the same mistake that Samsung and Huawei or Samsung and Apple are making with the price. I think we're starting to see it edge up over the last year. And I think that Xiaomi and Oppo, mostly Xiaomi, are going to come in at that really strong price point and start to eat away at all of them.
0: I would agree with that, but I would say the especially Xiaomi and Huawei have a much more, and even Oppo, have a much more thought-through strategy. Yeah. So their main brand, Huawei, mm-hmm. are moving into that same price limit segment as Samsung and Apple, but they've spun out the ones. They're not leaving their main customer base behind because Honor and Redmi and Phone. Are still there. They're still serving value to their customers and they're not losing them because it's familiar software. Everyone knows that those brands are still Huawei. They're not leaving those customers behind. Apple and Xiaomi, and Chum- Sa- uh, whereas Apple and Samsung are leaving their customers behind. The A series and the other series from Samsung are not competitive in their price brackets.
2: So, in, in Germany and a few other European markets, Honor phones are not doing well at all because they're just too expensive.
0: Moved flat out instead. too
2: expensive, right? So I think that, that Huawei Honor are actually making a mistake right now by edging the prices up, right? So the, the Honor brand is, is not what it used to be over the last 12 months. The, the I mean, great, great phones, love it, love it, love it. Like, would totally use, them. if price, but like their, their, their prices are now not reasonable compared uh-huh. by, by market comparison. And that's the thing that I always assumed that they had that gap, but now like in Germany, like there's no one buying an honor beca- and like the entire PR team left, right? Like, wow. like the pricing strategy is just awful. And we're starting to see that in a lot of European markets. So like, to me, Huawei is starting to make the same mistakes as Samsung. And I think that Xiaomi entering now is like maybe the right time for them to potentially
1: dominate. I mean, Xiaomi's got to come to the U.S.
2: Yeah.
0: What's that going to happen
1: in the current climate? I, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 would, I,
0: would, I would challenge that. I think that they have a big strategy based on their partnership with Qualcomm. Qualcomm is a U.S. company. That helps so a lot. It helps a lot, both in term, technical terms with band, radio bands and mm. so on, but for political terms. The, I think the big issue, obviously, with Huawei is that there's no real American investors in Huawei, Actual That's why they're being blocked. Whereas Xiaomi and Oppo, they use Qualcomm chipsets, they won't have as many barriers to entry
1: yeah. so, And OnePlus is smart, by mm. the way, they're playing that game too, right? Yeah. And I just want to mention them simply because they have a prototype 5G phone at the Qualcomm booth mm-hmm. here. And I love OnePlus, but it's pretty boring. Like it's in a, it's not even a phone. It's just like a display encased in a plastic blob. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's <laughs> a phone in there, but it, it's, it, it, it shows some cool stuff, but I was expecting, you know, mm-hmm. even up to, to uh, until I saw it today for the first time, you know, when they announced it, I said, oh, it's going to be probably behind glass, but we're going to see a real phone. And I'm sure the design's not going to be final so that they don't give away the next design. But no, it's not even that. Like I was expecting something like the Qualcomm Dev Kit we saw in, in Hawaii, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, no, it's like this weird stylized blob of a phone. It's weird.
0: It was interesting to also see that stylized blob is twenty one to nine aspect ratio. No,
1: no, but that's because of the way it's mounted in there. Yes,
0: it's the way it's mounted, but could that be a signal? Who knows? No. <laughs> Our friends at OnePlus really know.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to one, the OnePlus 7. And, and now that I've seen f- what 5G phones look like. When's
2: that come
1: out again? A rumor? You know, rumor? Soon the spring. It's usually a spring launch. It's right? yeah. so a spring yeah. summer launch, right? So we're going to see a 5G phone that looks like all the other 5G phones, which basically means they look like 4G phones,
2: which is great. Cause so would, I'm, because I'm happy because I was just a little bit bigger
1: yeah and it'll be interesting to see what happens especially with us now that they have carrier agreements to see what that means for one plus at least for my market and i love you all international people but obviously i live in the u.s so i care about I 5g over there <laughs> um and i'm sure it's going to be calm five if you thought 4g was complicated with bands i think 5g is going to be insanely complicated yes
0: <laughs> so let's see what else is there well as someone who travels frequently, I love what Energizer have done.
1: Yeah, so oh, let's talk man. about 18,000 milliamp hour phone. I've seen so, pictures. I need to go by the booth. Is it a phone with a power bank attached to no, it? Or is it it's a, power a power bank with, with a phone, a phone attached to it? I'm convinced it's a. In my world, it's a power bank with a phone attached to it.
2: Here's what it looks like when it's beside your face. It does have a face. flashlight
1: too, doesn't that it? Is so this is, is that a, a camera or a flashlight? No, thing? it's
2: a it's a camera and a flashlight. Yeah. Oh my God! So um, it, we're
1: looking at a photo of Nicole
2: holding, holding a phone it to her to ear, my face. the phone, and the it's yeah. literally an inch thick. It's over an inch thick. Wow! It's actually over an inch. And thick. how heavy is it? So like when you see it on the well, so this was this was a non-working sample, as you can see, it was you know. Not, right. not working. So, <laughs> but it comes with a pop up camera because which makes it look like the outline of a battery. Yeah, which which is crazy because you're just like really you couldn't you have this Wait, much. It's made of metal. It has antenna bands. Yeah, it's made of metal. <laughs> it's made of metal. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's super thick. Look at the bottom here. Wow. With the Type C connector. Yeah, basically they just put a gigantic, a gigantic battery gigantic in a battery,
1: uh, and they put a phone inside a gigantic battery.
2: Right, so it does. It does have triple camera, and it's got the two, you know, flashes. It's a, it's a, it's a thing to behold. I'm
1: gonna go. I'm gonna go right after this. Yeah, I'm gonna I, go with I'm, Sony
0: and to. I'm uh, going Amazon. to do the same. I think that to do the phone justice, we need to go to the food stand and get a banana for scale.
1: Let's let's do that. <laughs> um, we should probably wrap it up. But um, any final thoughts on MWC? Any other products that we've seen that we didn't mention? I'm looking at my list right now, but.
0: I think we've covered the 5G ambulance. We
1: mentioned 5G. I saw, oh, yeah, there's a 5G ambulance, but I'm not going to talk about that. I'm done talking about 5G. But you guys happy? Was it a good show for you?
2: Yeah, I think I I think it was a very good show. Just just to kind of realize where everyone's at with their level of discussion with five G. Yeah. Like and like their positioning of it, and my fundamental disagreement with some of their positioning of it. (laughs) Um, I I thought I I thought it was very interesting. Like I just didn't realize that someone like LG would completely switch uh, the the timing of the launch of a product like the V fifty to accommodate carrier meetings here. Yeah. Right. And we and, and uh, didn't talk much
1: about LG. We did on the show two days ago. So if you haven't listened to the show 98, it's a previous show, listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a lot to talk about LG uh, because the G8 and the V50 mm-hmm. went else. And, you know, it's very gimmicky, that G8 with uh, the gesture stuff. But the time-of-flight camera is very interesting, too. Yeah. And, and, you know, the V50 looks like a... Both of them look like last year's phones with newer specs, which is kind of sad. But LG is in trouble. I honestly think that, you know, they've been in trouble on paper, not the mobility division, but they don't seem to be trying to recover. There's, I don't see any innovation coming from them. If they think that putting a nice time-of-flight camera is innovation, that's not where innovation is. So,
0: Nicole, which uh, between the two is going to start making smartphones first, LG or Sony?
2: Uh, it'll be Sony, I think, because L- L- LG is making phones not because they have any intention of doing well in the market, but because it keeps them uh, it keeps them having a, a hub to their main sales, which right. is which is appliances. Sure. Right, and like LG's appliance division is yeah. really, really good. And so, their TVs are awesome. And their TVs are awesome. And their washing like, machines. Their washing That's machines right. are yeah are, are, are first rate, and I think that for LG to keep like them in the mind's eye of the consumer brand realm, they're going to keep making phones. Of course. Yeah.
1: And they can do it. They can lose money doing it. And they can. Which is maybe why, why they're not innovating because they maybe really don't care.
2: I mean, um, like the. Because the, the fridge
1: subsidizes the phones. Yeah. it could be
2: but like they did do the palm vein thing and they have like they they, they have to really unlock your phone like that so i'm not against the technology i think it's cool yeah. but so i like just to digress a tiny sec i actually think that they might be coming out with this type of technology at the right time i think that we can't think about the gestures as a replacement for touch I think we need to think of the, the gestures as a replacement for voice. Ah. Right. So like if if you if you start to conceptualize what our ecosystem is looking like in the future as as we've added a lot more voice control, right? Adding in like the beginnings of gesture control into these devices like yeah, they haven't nailed and the 4 factors, the use case hovering over hovering screen, over not the screen, actually not the screen. actually touching it. But like, I think that we will find specific use cases for this. And right now, in the early stages, it's like, okay, this is sort of the realm of possibility. Like, let's develop on it. And yeah, this isn't going to be like, oh my god, I understand why gestures are here, it- but. Yeah. You know, no, I it, agree. It,
0: it also opens up a lot of potential to enable accessibility in different. Yeah. And different that's one things. of the things I'm excited about yeah. well on
1: that. Accessibility. People with well, disabilities really benefit from this. But I think to me, it makes more sense to see this technology on a Google Home Hub or on or or BMW cars, which they've been yeah. doing for a while now. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and, and I think or TV. Yeah, exactly. I mean, TV, so yeah. LG, has a, you know, they have TVs. They should put that on their TVs anyway. Uh, yeah, a little bomb by LG's uh, news. I just feel like they're not trying too hard. Uh, but hey, you know. Mm. Um, so uh, maybe you guys can take turns telling folks where they can find
2: you on the internet. Uh, mobilegeeks.com, uh, Nicole underscore Scooter is my Twitter. And then Nicole Scooter and Instagram, which yep. I'm pretty active in exactly <laughs> and uh, so and you guys have a great youtube channel too right yes you can find me on mobilegeeks.de yes. on the, for some reason we've 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 held strong with german though the videos are english <laughs> <laughs> yes. so don't be put off by yeah. the de go yeah. there don't subscribe be put to off. the channel and watch some really
1: cool <laughs> videos and hands-ons and reviews by nicole and the team
0: Yeah, what about you So I'm here at MWC representing my day job employer, Skyscanner, the travel Mm -hmm. search engine. Uh, But I'm here as a pundit's opinionist for tech travel geeks. That's right. So we have a YouTube channel, we have a website, uh, we have an Instagram account, and we just turn up at parties and share our opinions. (laughs) So thanks again, Miriam, for having us. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Do you want to share your personal Twitter and Instagram sure. handles? My personal Twitter and Instagram uh, handles are the same. It's at live tango Oscar, Delta Oscar, Lima Echo Oscar.
2: Tudaloo. The way you say <laughs> that is amazing. Every time yeah. you're on the show, you say yeah. that. Um,
1: you you all know where to find me. I'm at Tank Girl on Twitter and Instagram. That's T N K G R L like the comic book character Tank Girl without the vowels. And uh, the YouTube channel is uh YouTube.com. So look, if you, if you need to spell my name, just look on my Twitter. It's there. And then you can <laughs> apply that to YouTube. Um, the channel is a complement to this show, the podcast. I call it the mobile tech podcast channel, and it's really unboxings, hands-ons for MWC. I have a playlist. I'll put it in the show notes. Of all the videos I made, um, stuff like that. So, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell your friends, subscribe to the podcast at mobiletechpodcast.com and tell your friends who are also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Overcast, Overcast, uh, TuneIn Radio, I think. And uh, you know, you just Google it or type it and you'll find us. Uh, also I also want to thank our sponsor, Audible.com. If you like books and can't, for whatever reason, read them physically on paper or on a Kindle or something, Audible.com is your solution. They have a great selection. Uh, A lot of books are read by actual the uh, authors of the book, which is really cool. You know, Mm -hmm. because I mean, you can read it to yourself out loud. It's just not going to be the same as getting, you know, Michelle Obama or something reading her own book, right? But um, you know, that's that's the place to go for audiobooks. So they've been a sponsor of the show for a while. Uh, If you're not already an Audible customer and you want to get a deal, uh, thirty days free trial. If you go on the link in the show notes. And uh, you'll help the podcast along. Uh, it's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. So audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. Check it out. Thank our sponsor. Uh, you know, support the podcast and check out audible.com. Well, we'll be back next week with another show because we'll have to recap MWC. So stay tuned for that. And uh, until then, cheers, everybody.
0: This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.